Welcome to the Wealth Radar podcast, where we scan the landscape and navigate the noise of investing in personal wealth. I'm Paul Fowler, a certified financial planner from Fowler's Group, and today I'm joined by my father, Bob. In this episode, we'll discuss a couple of the business tips from our book, 40 Lessons Learned in 40 Years of Business. But just before we get into the tip, just to let everyone know, we do have a question at the end of this podcast. And the first three people to send in the correct answer via our Facebook page or the channels we have, we'll send you out a book or, or come and grab a, a book from us. So, Dad, welcome yeah, again, well, yeah, second yeah, time. It's been a while. Yeah. Mate, you just want to give us a rundown, first of all, of what made us become authors and, and write a book in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose we were looking at it was coming up to having been in business for 40 years and thought, well, how can we sort of get a message out there to let people know We've been around for a while and we're in for the long term. And I'd sort of seen somewhere that people said, uh, if you want to get the word out, you should write a book. Now, um, we thought, okay, well, that sounds a pretty good idea. Put a book together and maybe it's a marketing tool. People can learn about us, what we've done. And so I spoke to um, a local author who we'd been working with on other things. That was Andrew Griffiths. He'd written... Oh, I don't know, 20 business books. And so he said, um, he set the outline for us and said, have a crack at this. So he, looked, he said, you know, maybe you should write 40 chapters for 40 lessons learned. That goodness me, 40 chapters. And so we had a round table meeting and it was decided that the out of the four owners, that we'd all write some chapters based on our percentage of the 40 years that had been involved in business. I'm pretty, now, I'm pretty confident I came up with this idea, to be yeah, honest, I, and I, I won you all over. Yeah, what a sell. You're a con man. <laughs> yeah, so because I actually had been around the longest, I think I ended up with about 27 or something <laughs> chapters that I had to write. So then we started writing. So we had the idea before the 40 years come up, and then we were putting our stuff together, and everyone was writing chapters and trying to get it all done. And uh, we finished and had it ready to go to publication after 41, 41 years. Yeah. <laughs> Who's counting? Who's yeah, counting? That's right. But uh, back to you said with the, with the good marketing, we basically use it as a business card. Yeah, now. yeah, So it's yeah. Uh, just a different way to, to use it. It yeah. is. And people who've had a look at it, yeah, they get some, uh, yeah, ideas about it. I suppose because there's 40 lessons learned at the 40 things may not apply to every individual ever reads a book, but they can pick it up and have a look and there's something in there that you can get an idea that helps you make some decisions and that's been worthwhile. Right, eh? So today what we're going to do is we're just going to we're just going to pick out, I guess, a tip, one one chapter. Yep. Um, the people, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. I'll let you know that uh, if you get a chance to read the book, the chapters aren't too long. Um, so it's a quite, a quite an easy read. So I'm going to... Give a quick read of the, the, the chapter, first time reading online. I've always struggled, uh, sorry, it's called Concentrate on Your Strengths, Not Your Weaknesses, tip number seven in the book. I was always struggled with a business plan. They always seem way too complicated, covering too many areas of business, requiring in-depth analysis and equally, equally deep thought and implementation. The most common strategy is a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Business plans also contain things like a unique selling proposition, a USP, vision, goals and objectives, financial forecasts, a marketing strategy and much more. 
I attended workshop after workshop, all aimed at helping him develop a business plan. And from the start, I struggled with my USP. My vision seemed impaired. My objectives in marketing involved seeing people and I firmly believed that the financial side of the business would look after itself. I did, however, after months of stress, complete a 27-page business plan. My sales manager at the time was most impressed. I was impressed. And then I put it in the drawer and never looked at it again. <laughs> at another conference, Jim Stackpool, Strategic Consulting and Training, stated that the best business plan consisted of one or two dog-eared pages that you consulted regularly regularly, sorry, to keep score. And that made sense to me. I arranged with Jim to come to Cairns and review my business operation, which at the time consisted of me and three office staff. In two days, he provided a report and a business plan that outlined our SWATs. The two best pieces of advice he offered were to focus on our strengths and make them even stronger and hand our weaknesses across to someone else to manage. Today, I believe this to be just as relevant as it was back then. Do whatever you can to build on your strengths, nurturing them, developing them, focusing on them. With regards to weaknesses, don't ignore them. Instead, get really good at delegating or assigning them to people who can do them better and are prepared to do them. So my take on the SWOT analysis is to change it to the SO analysis. Understand your strengths and seek out opportunities. This can apply to our staff as well. Seek out their strengths and give them the opportunity to help and grow your business. Oh, and by the way, the best marketing plan is, and always has been, see the people, see the people, see the people. Chapter of, written by Bob Fowler, obviously, that <laughs> yeah. one. So, Dad, after, after reading that and listening to it, what, what's your take on it? This is now 12 years later we wrote that, so we're 52, 53 now. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts now, looking back on it? Well, I, th I think it's interesting just at the end about see the people, see the people, see the people, that when COVID was around and we couldn't actually get in to see the people, then we used technology and we saw the people by having Zoom meetings and team meetings. So that was a really great opportunity for us to, uh, to seek. So we got an opportunity to use technology. And, and that opportunity... Yeah, we, we use it now. Yeah. It's relevant. I think a lot of business use it now. The Teams meeting and Zooms meeting, they're just a common part of business now, aren't they, over the yeah. last couple of years? Yeah, that's right. And never did I ever think that mm. I'd be doing that. I mean, I remember as a kid there was a, a cartoons character called Dick Tracy. He was a cop and he had a watch that had a screen on it that he could actually talk to people and see people on. And we used to laugh as if that had never happened. Well, that yeah. certainly <laughs> happened all right. So we just got to be aware there's going to be changes happening in your life and you've got to come to them. So we had to be aware of the strengths that we had in the business back then when Jimmy came up. So we reckon... That, and this is still true today, okay, mm. that we've got knowledge. We have been in the business for you know, a long time and over that period of time, you know, things change, legislation changes, there's a whole lot of changes going on and you just got to keep up and keep in front of it. And it's not an easy task, but you've got to work at it. So we made that decision, I made the decision to get extra knowledge by attending conferences and conferences that weren't only held in Australia but overseas, and so you're getting ideas, international ideas, 
imposed as well. We weren't just going and listening to guys in the same business, say, because when I started I was with MLC because you could only Mm. have one company to work for. But I used to go to conferences and I'd talk to people from other companies and see how they were doing business and get ideas from them and could apply them. So you just had to expand your knowledge and I think that's pretty important. That's really important that you keep ahead of things. I think one of the um, one of the other conferences, or not not so much a conference, you, did, you spent seven years going to the strategic coach program. Yep. yep. Um, and and one of the the big things that we certainly got out of it as a business that you brought back that specifically relates to this is knowing what your unique ability is, um, yep. which really focuses on your on your strengths. Um, and essentially, what it says is if you should try to be doing the things that you do really well, but you actually enjoy doing them as well. So there's things that you do really well and you really love doing them. There's things that you do well, but you, you couldn't really care less for them, but you are good at it. And there's, there's things you just dead set regret, uh, not regret, reject, you know, you, you don't do them well and you hate doing them. So um, the, the you can, you, unique ability program basically said, concentrate on the areas that you're really good at and you really love doing. Yep. Um, certainly delegate the ones that you reject because someone else probably really loves doing that and is, yeah. really, is really good at it. Yeah. Um, so that's the same sort of, um, I guess, take on focusing on your strengths, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And a, a funny story that comes from that, we were doing um, staff reviews. Uh, this is after we'd been talking about unique ability to the, to the owners of the business. We are doing the staff reviews. And during that time, one of the uh, one of the secretaries who was working said what she really enjoys doing is filling in forms That's right. and we thought what filling in forms so i tell we spoke about this never had a, a, a bit of a chuckle filling in forms i hate filling in forms guess what there was a weakness that we all had and we passed it on to tammy and she loved filling in forms just to, it she enjoyed yeah. her day even more so that was great concentrate on your your strengths the other area that we um, know we have to do if we're talking with clients we need to provide some value to them so people can actually see that we're you know there is something that we're running not only knowledge but we're putting things together so we're always seeking ways in which we can deal better or get information across more simply or easily mm-hmm. to uh, to our clients uh, using non-jargon type discussion with people you know that's pretty hard to come to grips with when all you're doing is talking to fund management people or insurance companies and you're using mm-hmm. the terms that days oh we've got this underwriting to do and people say underwriting you know think what the hell is yeah, underwriting so it's it's bringing that down to um, a level where you can sort of keep it as simple as possible so people can understand and that's a small way of creating some value but I believe it helps when we can do that. But the other the other take from it for me is that whilst it said you don't forget about weaknesses, you still have them there parked, but you don't spend your focus trying to fix the weaknesses as opposed to trying to yeah. strengthen your, your, your strengths. And, it, and I'll think about it at a time, you know, through sport, you know, you, you concentrate on what you do wrong, what you do wrong. And if you're always trying to concentrate and spending your, the most amount of your time trying to fix weaknesses... And if you're not good at doing that particular area, you don't you don't seem to get many wins. Mm. 
No. And, no. It, you know, you lose that enthusiasm, I get, if all, you, if all you're trying to do is fix up things that actually aren't working yeah. Yeah, really right. well, where, you know, your, your strengths, if you can improve them, you're sort of getting these little wins along the way that I think internally, well, certainly for me anyway, I'd, I'd rather feel little wins than um, little losses, put it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, it's always better to have a win, there's no doubt. <laughs> and, I mean, the other area of strength that we have, and this sort of came, probably it was, oh, yeah, we got into computers early in the piece um, with little uh, IBM XTs or something. So we changed to um, client service, having the value of using computers to get information out more quickly. And that sort of expanded over the years. We just touched on Zoom before, but all the stuff we can do now mm. By, by using technology has been great. And Jason was probably the one who introduced most of that to us. And the, the issue that he then had is if we didn't understand it, then he was the bloke we always went to, so we took up a lot, of, a lot of his time. It was a strength he had, but the weakness that we had wasn't helping him, so we had to sort of look differently at the way we learned to use technology and accept that technology's there. And so it may have been a weakness... You can find ways around it where you can strengthen yourself and, you know, help. If you know it's going to be of advantage to the business and to your clients, then you can, you know, you can, you've got a little bit more motivation to overcome that weakness. But it's not about being a new program writer for anything technologist, understanding how to use the technology and get the people who are very smart about it to do all the work that makes your job a bit easier. I, I do think with technology that we, certainly in a business like ours where it's a, it's a people business, you're, you're servicing people yep. basically and their needs, technology is a, is a great thing for improving background efficiencies or efficiencies in the background, but I think what you said at the start, to see the people, see the people, see the people, nothing. I still don't think anything beats actually seeing someone face-to-face -face yeah. and talking to someone face-to-face. -face. Whilst we still accept doing stuff over Zoom and Teams, yeah. I think you get, a, um, you get a lot more out of just sitting down with something and, and, and talking to face-to-face. -to -face. So we don't, you don't want to lose that, I don't think, when it comes to um, utilising technology. Yeah, no, that's right. And whilst it's good for us to sit down and talk face-to-face -face with clients and get their reactions, I think it's very important for the clients yeah. to sit down and see Absolutely. and get reaction from us and sort of can look into our eyes and say, yeah, these people aren't pulling my leg, mm. they're fed income about it. So that's, yeah, it's a great, a great, uh, a great effort. But the most important thing, I think, well, maybe it's not the most important thing, but one of the important things that I touched on before is make, trying to keep things as simple as possible. You know, don't leave a lot of information out, but condense it into areas where people would be interested in seeing it. I remember one of the things that Andrew Griffiths told us about making presentations when we, you know, we were doing slideshows for people. He said, you don't put a whole lot of words up in front of people because if you're talking to them at a presentation, because they'll spend their time reading the words and not mm -hmm. listening. So if you, if you put pictures up and talk to pictures, people become more interested and understand. And I think that's pretty important. Not that we just want to do picture books or colouring colouring yeah. books for people, but you just got to know that that's a, a simple way of getting a message across that people, you know, you know they're going to understand it and it'll be clearer in their mind than giving them, you know, yeah. 56 pages to read. 
A couple, a couple of other little takes on that chapter that that you mentioned. Um, the twenty-seven page business plan that you did. <laughs> yeah. how, how long did that actually take you to do? Oh, I reckon oh, it would have been years and years and years <laughs> putting <laughs> bits together and saying, <laughs> saying no, 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 and starting all over again. Oh, that was a real drag. Oh, it, it's interesting. So, and I have been to a couple of conferences, and you did mention the book that you doggy at two pages, and that's the plan, but. We came back from a conference at the start of this year um, uh, with a, quite a few financial planners, really successful financial planning firms around Australia, really mm-hmm. successful. Um, and the firm that we were at in Mackay, actually, they just presented their, they do a one, one page business plan that, that, yeah. that covers everything. And that's, this is yeah. a highly, highly successful business, but they break it down in, in small areas and, and small bits that you can pick off and eat and chew and, yeah. and, and complete along the way. I think that... I think that's great. I think with when you're trying to achieve or achieve goals, if you if you set them too large, without anything in between, it can really it can be quite daunting and quite easy to open up the drawer and put it in the yeah. in the drawer and not look at it again. So I think that's important as well. Yeah. Once you set those sort of targets. Yeah, but there's all these technical terms that the gurus use. You know, the unique selling proposition. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, your vision and oh, I yeah, I just find that hard to um, hard to come to grips with. To write those words, I'm not a no. word writer. Although I did write 26 to 27 chapters of this book, yeah, <laughs> but that's not my go. You know, I'm, mission statements. Yeah, mission statements. Goodness mm. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, that's actually the other point I did want to make is because I know you're big in this, and it was just mentioned in the in the book um, that when you do your business plan is keep the score. Um, I really like that that part of setting. Your strengths and when you're talking about strengths and looking for opportunities, obviously when you're putting your business plan together, there's certain little goals you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, but it's important to keep the score along the way. So, you, you, one, you keep yourself accountable to doing it, if yep. you're fair dinkum about the goal, that is. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess the next step away from that is tell someone that you're keeping the score. Yeah. So you've got someone else to keep you accountable, which I think is a, is the next step. But, geez, it works yeah. when, when you do tell someone. Oh, no, it's absolutely. And, I mean, when we were involved, when I was involved with MLC, back, and they'd have competitions that you'd run on a yearly basis if you got so much business and, you know, you'd get a gold star or a, a pewter mug or something at the end mm. of the year. And I was always a super competitive person, you know, going from whatever it was, but from sport particularly, I suppose. And when I got into it, I always wanted to yeah, win. Yeah, no, I never, I never won a game of backyard footy until I was 20 or that. <laughs> bloody competitive. Oh, yeah, I must have broken my leg or something <laughs> to let you in, that's all. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got to be competitive. But you've got to keep score and on the way through and reverse back to it. But, the yeah, the idea is you've got to let someone else know so that you can't just trick yourself to say, oh, yeah, I'm doing well. Yep. But you, can, you you don't necessarily have to kick all the goals, but at least you've got to try mm. and you've got, to, you've got a reason to go ahead. So that's the area. But the other area that we look at in here was the, the opportunities. That, so, and we look at strengths and look at opportunities. And mm. one of those strengths that I talked about was us getting into technology pretty heavily. And that's an opportunity that we have also to improve the way we, we use technology. And from a, a marketing point of view, so we wrote a book. Okay? We used to put ads in the paper and, and we certainly sponsor a lot of um, community organisations, but we sponsor them on the basis not to get business, but just because 
we're part of the community, we earn money from the community, so we give back to the community that way. But you do get your name out there and people might understand, you know, they know who you are if someone says, oh, you know, Fowlers, and they say, oh, yeah, they, they look after the, the netball or something, mm. and so that sort of adds some value there. But then we looked at social media became, you know, big in the area. Now, we've never dived too much into that, but... Then, um, Jason was at a conference over in Canada and there was a group over there who were talking about um, Facebook and they were putting stuff on Facebook and it was amazing the number of um, number of people who were over 65 who were responding to information on Facebook. Goodness me, it's just, you know, it's a different world out there with social media and as long as it's used correctly, then we've started to... Uh, yeah, we've improved our website, we've got well, podcasts. I've got yeah. the opportunity to do a podcast, yeah. Yeah, that sort of stuff. So, And that's it's a bit of fun Yep, and it's interesting, so you learn something along the way, yeah. Now, we do have, as part of this book, if anyone gets it and wants to read it, there's always a quote at the start of each chapter or at the end of each chapter, whichever way you want to want to see it. But I, I will read the, the quote that starts at the, that's ahead of the, this chapter, um, which probably relates to what we're talking about. It is always important that two or three of your top people don't agree with you. Yeah. Well, that's true. A, a fellow once said, if you've got a committee of three, the best meeting is when two of them don't turn up. Because <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> you're going to get disputes and arguments and discussion and the reason for debate is pretty important. Like when you fellas uh, came into the business, and we'd have our board meetings, so we'd chat about things and you fellas would come up with some ideas and I'd think, no, nah, that mm. wouldn't work, no, nah, that wouldn't work, but you'd come up with ideas and I'd say, oh, well, we'll give it a go. And then I'd go home and have a chat to Jill. She'd say, how'd the meeting go? I said, oh, it was all right. They're bloody up themselves, these young fellas. They don't really understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Young fellas and you're all well and truly over 30 at that stage. <laughs> I started business, you know, started the business when I was 24, 25 or something, mm. maybe a bit older, yeah. But I was a, I was a young fella then and here I'm calling you, these kids don't know what they're bloody yeah. talking about, we'll give them a crack. But um, I've got to say that in 95% of the areas I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but it was important too that we got a crack and it allowed us to, to be wrong as well. Yeah. I think that that was handy. That's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah it is. And you've got to accept to have a go and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. It's, no, it's not a problem if you make a mistake. If it's an honest mistake mm. you make, is you say, oh, I made a mistake, put your hand up, accept it, do whatever you have to do to overcome any issues that might have been raised because you made that mistake, but you, yeah, get on and with life on. and people appreciate that. Goodness. Yeah. Righto, well, um, that's a pretty much pretty good wrap on that tip. Um, now, I think we've started the book rolling, so we've got another 39 tips <laughs> to get out of the way over. I don't know how long. We're not going to go tip for tip for the next 40 weeks, but we'll get them done over time. So stay tuned for future episodes. We do have a question. I said at the top we'd have a question. So the question for everyone, if you, you send it through to the, the Facebook page or answer, out of the uh, SWOT analysis mentioned in the book what are the two most important areas to concentrate on so if you can fill that out in the facebook page we'll, we'll send out a book um, as i said head to the wealth radar facebook page let us know your thoughts on today's episode and chat 
Um, please feel free to suggest any topics you'd like to us to discuss in the future. Uh, make sure you like the page, that'll be real handy for us. And don't miss our, uh, miss our next episode, sorry. Thank you for listening. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and the information contained is of a general nature and may not be relevant to your particular circumstances. The circumstances of each investor are different, and you should seek advice from a professional financial advisor who can consider if particular strategies and products are right for you. In all instances where information is based on historical performance, it is important to understand this is not a reliable indicator of future performance. You should not rely on any material on this podcast to make investment decisions and should seek professional advice.